0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does Christ, through His church, ask us to take 40 days to fast and pray during the season of Great Lent? The reason for this is because He Himself went into the wilderness for 40 days and fasted to accomplish something very necessary on our behalf. He went to meet with the temptations of Satan and to overcome him in the wilderness so that if we would walk through this fast as he did, through this time period of Lent as he did in fasting and in prayer, we might be able to enjoy the spoils of what he has already done on our behalf and it's important for us to understand that and that's what we want to look at today how do we posture ourselves during the season of great lent the gospel in saint matthew in chapter four gives us this story which tells us that immediately after christ's baptism immediately it says he was led by the spirit into the wilderness where he would fast for 40 days and would face the temptations of satan He was led by the Spirit. The church fathers tell us that when it says He was led by the Spirit, just as He was throughout His entire life as He took on our humanity, He was led by the Spirit towards everything that needed to be accomplished for our salvation. So when it says He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days to face the temptations of Satan, He did so because this was something necessary to our benefit. It was something necessary for our life and for our salvation. And so he went. And for 40 days he fasted. It says something interesting. It says, after 40 days, he was hungry. It doesn't say during the 40 days. After the 40 days, he was hungry. When he was fasting and praying and communing with his Father, he had all he needed. But after 40 days, hunger came about him. And this is when Satan comes to strike in the weakness of flesh. And so he tempts Christ. And the first one he does, he goes right to his hunger, right to his physical need and craving. And he said, Jesus, take these stones. Turn them into bread. What's the temptation? The temptation is this. Do something on your own. Don't be dependent on your Father. Do something on your own. To provide for yourself for that which you need. And what is Jesus' response overcoming the temptation? Man doesn't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Satan takes him to the highest point of the temple. He says, Jesus, throw yourself off. Throw yourself (coughs) off the temple. Even scriptures say that God will cause his angels to come and catch you. So that your bones don't dash against the stone." He wants Him to flippantly test His Father. And Jesus says, Thou shalt not test the Lord your God. So He takes Him to the highest mountain in the area. And before Him, He shows Him all of the kingdoms throughout the world. And He says, All of these kingdoms are yours. All the power, all the glory, all of the material, everything there is yours if you'll just worship Me. Turn your attention away from the Father. Turn your worship away from the Father and I'll give you all of the things of this earth. And Jesus says, no, no. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God alone. And so Jesus overcomes all of these temptations and Satan was overthrown. And it tells us in the Gospel reading that Satan had to flee from him. And then the angels come and they minister to Christ. A number of the church fathers summarized the activity in the ministry of Christ on our behalf when he was tempted for those 40 days uh, in the uh, wilderness. They sum it up like this. and I want you to hear this. It's a beautiful understanding of what God was doing. The church fathers say that Satan, who was envious of mankind and what God had bestowed upon mankind in paradise in the garden. Satan being jealous of that, he invaded the garden to distract, to deceive, and to separate man from God and all the benefits that God had given him out of his jealousy. And he caused the fall. So what does Jesus do? The one from paradise. The second Adam. Jesus goes in and invades the wilderness. He invades the fallenness. He invades the barrenness. And He overthrows the deceiver. He overthrows the one who would be tempting Him. He would render Satan powerless over all those who would come into Christ. Satan's jealousy caused the fall as He invaded paradise. Jesus, a jealous God for His people, wanting His people back to Him, invades the wilderness. To overthrow the power of temptation of Satan on our behalf so that we could do the same. And though we are cooperating through Lent, through 40 days of fasting and prayer, what are we really doing? Through that exercise of doing what Christ did as He commands, we are bringing ourselves into the finished ministry that Christ has already done for us. He has already overcome the power of the temptation of Satan and we are joining ourselves to Him. We are joining ourselves to His victory so that we too in this life might experience the same grace, the same power, and the same victory over the One who wants to deceive us and separate us from God. That's the grace during Lent. It tells us that Jesus was led Into the wilderness to be tempted. He was led into temptation. But that's not our Lent. We are not led into temptation. Don't let yourselves be deceived. Jesus was led by the Spirit into temptation. What did He tell His disciples to pray? Lead us not into temptation, but what? What are we going to experience? Deliver us from the evil one. Satan, I mean Jesus was led into temptation. We go into Lent for deliverance, for deliverance from our enemy. Today, we all know, and I see by all the green what day today it is. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. It is His Saint day. And there's something in, in something attributed there's something attributed to Saint Patrick called the Lorica, of St. Patrick. We know it in the hymn as St. Patrick's Prayer or St. Patrick's Breastplate that has everything to do with how we are to posture ourselves to walk through Lent, joining ourselves to Christ that we may experience His deliverance in our life in the now. Now, I'm not going to read you all the verses of St. Patrick's Breastplate, and all of you are saying, Thanks be to God, we'll be here till one. But I am going to give you the summary of what this prayer is. And I want you to hear this. It goes I bind myself unto the strong name of the Trinity. In other words, I bind myself to God Himself, all that He is. Another verse I bind myself unto the strong faith of Jesus Christ. What's that faith? The faith in the incarnation. The faith in everything that He accomplished. The finished work of Jesus Christ for our salvation. I bind myself to that faith. To that God. I bind myself unto the power of God that overcomes the demonic temptations and His works upon the earth. I bind myself unto the power of God. That overthrows Satan and all of his strategies to defile me. And separate me from God. And then we have that beautiful part in the midst of the hymn. Christ be with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ around me. Christ within me. What is the prayer? What are we to do? We bind ourselves to God. Through Christ by the Holy Spirit. We bind ourselves to God. Who has already obtained the victory for us. Who has already obtained the work of our salvation. In fact it could be said that our greatest struggle in our humanity. Should not be against Satan. Our greatest struggle in our spiritual humanity. Moving towards God is simply this. To remain in Christ. Who is our victory who has the victory over temptations, who has defeated death and hell, I bind myself to the God who has already walked in a way so that I can rest in His victory and be protected by all that He is from all that Satan will throw against me. We are returning to Christ, binding ourselves so that we might be delivered from our flesh and all the temptations that Satan (coughs) could ever throw at. From a very practical standpoint, I want to give you one example. It's the first one that popped into my mind when I was considering this idea of how we walk through Lenten prayer and fasting as a binding ourselves to Christ who has already overthrown the temptations of Satan on our behalf. And house blessings came to my mind. Consider this for a second. What is a house blessing? A priest brings holy water and prayers to a home. Where there's an individual or a family. And the purpose of a house blessing is to cleanse the house from all demonic activity. Anything that Satan is throwing at a family disrupting their peace. Perhaps that they've allowed into (coughs) the home. But it's a cleansing of the house that peace may be established. The peace of the kingdom of God. And my friends a house blessing is not magic. Because water, holy water, is sprinkled on the walls, it's not a poof magic because we did something. I want you to understand what is happening in a house blessing. The priest, bringing the holy water and the prayers, joins himself to the family. And the entire family or the individual and the priest, they bind themselves to Christ. And as they walk through the house, Who is it that is granting the peace and the victory and the casting out of all things that are preventing peace? We have bound ourselves to God and it is Christ Jesus active in the household. Commanding the demons to flee and bringing about His peace. Very practically. And those of you who have had a house blessing have experienced not what a priest has done what Christ has done, because we've simply joined ourselves to Him. Our Lord Jesus Christ invaded the wilderness to go to Satan and be tempted, that by overthrowing the temptations, you and I and every living stone in Him may be granted the victory and the grace to withstand the assaults of our enemy and live and dwell in peace as we bind ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. May that be this Lent for us, that as we pray and fast, we will experience the deliverance of the Lord our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.